Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, September 29th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Holy crap, Grace. There, I, in my seven and a half Holy years shit. of doing this show. Yeah, okay, you said it. <laughs> You're the one who swears. Uh, I am not. Um, in my seven and a half years of doing the show, I don't know if we've ever had this many things that we absolutely had to talk about in a show. So we are going to just dive in because there is a lot. If there are times when uh, you don't have anything to say, Grace, I'm just going to keep marching on. But if I don't pitch to you and you want to say something, please feel free to jump in because there is so much freaking news to talk about today. We are going to start over at the Circle in the Square Theater, where Melissa Etheridge, My Window, officially opened on Thursday night. This is a concert-slash-memoir that was written by the eponymous star Melissa Etheridge, along with her wife, Linda Wallum Etheridge. Amy Tinkham is the director. This show previously played at New World Stages off-Broadway. It is now open on Broadway and is currently scheduled to run through November 19th. As of recording time, did they like it? Has not put out their uh, their review aggregator for this, so we're just going to run through some of the reviews. Almost all of them are positive. The only ones that I've seen that aren't like completely positive ones, I think, are mixed to positive. So I think overall, very very good. Laura Collins Hughes, writing for the New York Times, said of the show, "Quote." Share it, she does, superbly, in Melissa Etheridge, My Window, which opened Thursday at Circle in the Square Theater. On Broadway, this rock concert, spliced with memoir, has gained a striking intimacy, as if Etheridge had shrunk in arena to fit in the palm of her hand. Tim Tiemann, writing for the Daily Beast, said, quote, Etheridge says she knows her son would want her to live and embrace life, and this is what she has tried to do. She ends the show with Come to My Window, encouraging her fans to sing along. They do. It's a crowd-pleasing end to a show that resoundingly succeeds as a concert rather than a piece of theater. As Etheridge sings in Here I Am Again, music is her lifeblood, both energy and salve. The song she sings will never end. And finally, I will read from, let's go with David Cody from The Observer, who said, quote, Despite the occasional tangent on, say, plant-based medicine, cannabis versus chemo, my window is a straightforward artist's journey of self-expression and survival, lovingly ladled to a fan-filled crowd in itself worth watching. Two women behind me gossiped unabashedly through most of the second act, but clammed up every time Etheridge launched into one of her chart toppers. Bring me some water, I'm the only one, and a title heartbreaker. Let's be real, that voice is why we're here raspy compound of whiskey, gravel, and gasoline. Like its owner, it's mellowed, lessened in force and range, but still calls to our window from the darkness, an alley cat wail of raw desire and the will to never back down. So overall, Grace, very positive reviews. It was very well received off-Broadway as well. Um, I would not be surprised. I, ha- I don't remember exactly what the ticket sales look like, but if this picks up, I would not be surprised if this extends further into the holidays when a name like Melissa Etheridge will probably draw quite a few more tourists in than she is already uh, over at Circle in the Square. All right. Unfortunately, we do have to go from those very positive reviews to a sad story. Yesterday, we learned that the great Sir Michael Gambon had died at the age of 82. He began his acting career as a member of 
one of the very first members of Laurence Olivier's National Theater. And then, of course, for generations of movie lovers, he was known as Dumbledore in the Harry Potter films. He, of course, himself took over for the late Richard Harris, uh, who who died after filming the first movie. He was a, a regular of both Shakespeare and other classic performances. He worked quite a bit with Alan Ackborn, performing in The Norman Conquest, the trilogy of plays that Ackborn wrote. He also worked with David Hare in Skylight, which was his only Broadway production. It earned him a Tony nomination. Grace, I know many people love... Michael Gambon as Dumbledore in the Harry Potter films, but he's done so much else, everything from a 1965 film of Othello, The King's Speech, which is a movie that I love, Gosford Park. He did a couple of movies with Wes Anderson, Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou, uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, but somebody who has an incredible career that is both stage and screen at both large and small screens. So obviously somebody that many, many people around the world will be mourning today and hopefully celebrating by watching some of his great performances over the weekend. Also, if you're a fan of film, Paddington 2, one of our greatest films, he is so long loved uh, for Paddington and Paddington 2. And I have to shout that out just for all of our film lovers out there. You named a lot of very important pieces, but I do want to say he's just such a bright light. And this is I've seen it across social media. It's very much missed. Yeah, I I know that like for a long time, Paddington 2 was like considered the best reviewed movie of all time, like by Rotten Tomatoes and everything. I, I think another film is like tied it or maybe it got knocked down because someone did like a three years later review. But Paddington 2 is a banger from what I understand. So definitely worth checking that one out, too. All right, let's keep the the downers going a little bit, Grace, but this one at least has somewhat of a silver lining. Yesterday, the Broadway production of Some Like It Hot announced that it will be closing the one nice thing about this is, is that you still have 13 weeks to check this one out over at the Schubert Theater because it will close on December 30th. That means that it will have played 483 performances on Broadway over the course of its year. If you haven't seen it, you've got 13 weeks. That's the good news. The bad news is it will not be going with us into 2024. But Grace, as we've been talking about here fairly regularly, especially in our Patreon-only episode over the weekend, or over the last few days, I guess that was uh, just on Wednesday when we published that, but lots of shows coming in. Obviously, the Schubert is one of the most highly desired houses, so I imagine we will get some sort of announcement as to what will be going in there sooner rather than later. Speaking of sooner rather than later, yesterday, Grace, when you and I talked about the fact that Jasmine Amy Rogers had been cast as Betty Boop in the Betty Boop musical... I said, I'm assuming we will get the rest of the cast in the next few weeks because they'll start rehearsals in October. Well, it didn't take long because like less than 24 hours later, we got the complete cast of Boop! The Betty Boop musical. And there are some big names in this cast. Joining Jasmine Amy Rogers will be the unbelievable Tony winner Faith Prince. Star of stage and screen, Eric Bergen. Also in there will be Ainsley Melham, Stephen DeRosa, Anastasia McCleskey, who is always a great uh, a great star to have involved. Angelica Hale, who's a young actor who's done some, some TV stuff. There's also some really good names in the ensemble as well. The person who I had mentioned in our Patreon episode having left... I can get it for you wholesale to to join Boop is Ryan Nixon, who joined Once Upon a One More Time following Ryan Redmond's injury. And so she was a part of that 
that show for the rest of its run. Also in there is Amy Van Norstrand and others, Gabby Campo uh, as well. So if you want to check out the entire cast list for Boop, the Betty Boop musical before it begins its five-week engagement in Chicago on November 19th, check out the show notes. All right, back on Broadway, Grace, and this is not a closing, but it is the end of a chapter for one of Broadway's favorite stars. Will Swenson has announced that he will play his final performance as Neil Diamond in A Beautiful Noise, the Neil Diamond musical, on Sunday, October 29th. The casting to replace him will be announced at a future date. Obviously, he did the show out of town, brought it to Broadway, and uh, has been dazzling people in this role for over a year. I think I'm going to try to get to the Thursday matinee when I'm in town, Grace, because you know how I love a Thursday matinee. I no idea if if Will will be in on that matinee, but he will still be in the show when I'm in town. So if you want to see him play Neil Diamond one more time or for the first time, you have until the end of next month. All right, Grace, going from the bad news of a closing and a a star leaving to some good news, because yesterday the Manhattan Theater Club announced that Yaya's African hair braiding has been extended. The show will now play until November 5th. As we've talked about before, this play by Jocelyn Bio is kind of up against a, a bit of a deadline because coming into the Samuel J. Friedman is Prayer for the French Republic. They began performances on December 19th. So unless Yaya's uh, African hair braiding extends again, that'll give them about six weeks to load out that show and load in the new show. I did see Prayer for the French Republic off-Broadway, and the set, if it's going to be something similar, is fairly big and fairly complex because the whole it has multiple sets that rotate. So I would not be surprised if they need a little bit of time to load that in, but very excited that this one has gotten an extension. Also, they released some highlights from the film ahead of opening. Uh, They're going to open on October 3rd. So if you want to check out a little bit of what that show looks like, you can head over to the show notes and see that one. All right, Grace, this was a late breaking one, and I'm probably going to need your help on this one because I've never seen this movie. But apparently, Christina Aguilera is producing a stage musical version of her film Burlesque. The film was released in 2010, along with uh, her. It starred Cher, Kristen Bell, Julianne Huff, Stanley Tucci, Eric Dane, uh, and others. Uh, I think Alan Cumming was in there as well. The show is aiming for an initial production out in London. And it is featuring a book by Steve Anton, who actually directed the film. And it includes the songs written for the film by Aguilera, Diane Warren, and Sia, as well as Todd Hall and Jess Foley have written uh, some songs for the new stage version as well. As of now, Christina is just producing it but i know she's not going to be the same age that Cher was in the movie uh, because it was just 13 years ago but could she maybe play the role that Cher played in the movie i've I've never seen the film i don't know what it's about (laughs) no um i not at all i i think this is an awesome opportunity for again like we've seen her coach on the voice she's really coming to her own not only i mean she's she's an incredible performer we know that's but like She's behind the scenes in a way that, you know, is really exciting. Like she's producing, she's coaching, she's advocating, she's directing, like she gets it. She's been in the industry since she was like 14 years old. So I think when she wants to perform, she will. And she does that. And her performance in burlesque is 
insane and amazing. But yeah, I think that the real bit is that she's going to be putting her producer hat on. And we've seen a lot of people, especially in the pop world, doing that recently, like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Mariah Carey and so on and so forth. So I think it's great. I've known about this one kicking around for a minute, but I wasn't sure, you know, what the trajectory was. And um, it was just definitely like kind of like a rumor floating around. But for years, anybody that knows that film has known that like it deserves to be on stage. So it's brilliant to me that they've gotten this team of people to be behind it. And the fact that she's associated is massive. That hardly ever happens. So I think it's really exciting. And I hope that they just have fun. You know, I think at the end of the day, like burlesque, the film is not really like burlesque, the art form. It is a different thing. So I think it's it's important to keep in mind if you're like a real aficionado of like the nightlife and burlesque scene that exists still to this day, that's kind of an homage to that time. It's not so much that it's a little bit campier, but it's fun and it's uh, it's just hot. So watch that movie. Are you crazy? OK. All right. Watch enough. it. Matt, you okay. would love burlesque. OK. All right. I'm I mean, done. I do love this. Is I have to I have to call this out like Matt loves six like Matt's like favorite yeah. things is so in the wheelhouse of burlesque that this is shocking to me. <laughs> this is breaking news to me personally. Well, I mean, I will say I will watch anything that Kristen Bell is in. I've been a long, I mean, like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a marshmallow from the Veronica Mars days. So like oh anything Kristen Bell is in, I, I'm going to be in there uh, for that. So I guess I should watch it at some point. And also if I'm being quite honest, back in the day, I was much more of a Christina person than a Britney Spears person. So uh, yeah, I guess that's on me. All right. Speaking of a very different type of movie that is getting a stage adaptation in London, Baz Bomaboy reported that Tony nominee Robbie Fairchild will star in the stage adaptation of the Oscar winning film The Artist. If you remember, this is a movie kind of about a silent film star and the difficulty of transitioning to talkies. What's interesting about this is this play is being co-written for the theater by Drew McOney and playwright Lindsay Ferentino, who we've talked, we've talked about this before, but McOney is, is a director and choreographer. So much of this story is going to be told through dance, which I think makes a lot of, of lyrical and poetic sense to go on with the silent film era. And it also makes sense why you cast somebody like Robbie Fairchild. Also in this cast will be Gary Wilmot and Brianna, uh, Brianna Craig. No necessarily plans for the West End or New York have been announced yet, but it is going to have its world premiere at the Theater Royal Plymouth from May 11th to May 25th of 2024, which seems like one of those things they do over there in the UK where they have like a little tryout run and then they go straight to the West End. So I wouldn't be surprised if this has a summer run in the West End or maybe they take some time off and do it in the fall. But I would imagine that if all goes well, the artist will be on a stage in London sometime in the second half of 2024. So like also just to like throw this in, because I know we're talking about silent movie era, like this is the Oscar winning film from 2011. This is the artist that like, even though it's it was made, it's about the silent movie era. This is a very, in my opinion, recent film that was like highly critically acclaimed. The movement is beautiful. I think it's still on Hulu or Amazon Prime um, that you can stream it. Definitely. 
Um, I hope that that is not scabbing what I just uh, did to plug that movie, but it's really, really beloved. And the movement specifically with one scene where the actress is putting her arms through a, a coat jacket. And if you know what I'm talking about, you do know. And if you don't know what I'm saying, I sound insane. Watch that movie. But the, the movement and especially like mime choreography because of the silent movie era is so integral to the plot that I think it's a really ingenious choice to utilize dance in this way, to tell this story on stage that we haven't probably seen since Fosse, to be frank, um, in, in that kind of storytelling sense. So I'm really eager to see it. And the fact that Robbie's attached is, is really exciting to me. Very cool. I went over to the streamable.com and checked to see where the artist uh, is available. Look at you. I mean, plugging my own day job. It's available on Max, which is the uh, HBO formerly known as HBO Max. It's on demand. You can also rent it or buy it anywhere on the VOD video on demand platforms. Uh, all right. There's a ton of like off Broadway show and casting type news that I'm going to run through very, very quickly. Of course, if you want more details, check out the show notes. First up, we have learned about the cast for the upcoming Master Voices concert of Stephen Sondheim and Burt Shevelov's The Frogs. They've also added a third performance. The concerts will now be held on November 3rd and 4th at Jazz at Lincoln Center's Rose Theater. Nathan Lane, who penned the revised book for it, will host the evening. In the cast will be one of my favorites, Douglas Sills, one of my favorites, Kevin Chamberlain, one of my favorites, Peter Bartlett, one of the greats, Dylan Baker, one of the greats, Chuck Cooper, one of my favorites and one of the greats, Mark Kudish, one of the up and coming greats, Jordan Donica, uh, and also Candice Corbin, who I don't know who that is, but I'm sure that they are great as well. So if you want more information about that, an absolutely insane cast. Like when I saw this, I was like, do I want to come up two weeks after I leave just to see this? I do. I'm not going to, but I do. But check out the show notes for more information on that. Also, this is awesome. Titanic has extended. It is now going to be playing through June 16th of 2024 at the Daryl Roth Theater. If you haven't seen Titanic, what's wrong with you? This cast is amazing. Go see it. We've talked about the off-Broadway musical called Lone Star that will be coming to Theater Row this fall. We now know that Ryan McCartan is going to be starring in that show as Cletus. He'll be playing opposite Anna Isabel, who played Rosalie in Steven Spielberg's A West Side Story. Performances will begin for this on November 24th. It is currently scheduled to run through December 23rd. Also, Grace, I, I, another, another movie I haven't seen, but maybe you can help me with this one as well. It was reported that the long gestating musical adaptation of 13 going on 30 is going to have four days of script in hand public performances with a cast to be named later, October 25th through the 28th. Casting is still to be announced. This is looking to be a workshop for a, a run in summer of 2025. Again, haven't seen the film. Jennifer Garner, Mark Ruffalo. I know it's a classic, so we'll see what happens with this one. Then on Thursday, the Pasadena Playhouse announced their upcoming production of Inherit the Wind will be led by no less than Alfred Molina and John Douglas Thompson, uh, as well as Chris Perfetti from Abbott Elementary. Incredible cast of 17. You can read all about that in the show notes. I would lay down my life for Alfred Molina. I just need to say that out loud. I love that man more than life itself. I've never met him, but I am deeply obsessed with him. So um, anyone who has tickets to that, good for you. Yeah, production is going to run November 1st through November 26th. All right. And finally, in the news section, believe it or not, we've still got more after this, but um, I'm not going to give you the whole uh, TikTok of this whole thing. But 
Thomas Schumacher is leaving his position on top of the business operations of Disney Theatrical. He is now going to be taking over on the artistic side, on the creative side. So he is becoming the chief creative officer. Okay, great. There you go. You got the story. If you want to read more about it, it is in Deadline. All right, Grace, here's another thing that like we just have so freaking many. I have so many videos that I need to make sure that people know about that we have in the show notes. The first one comes from the press preview of the Great Gatsby musical that will be beginning performances at the Paper Mail Playhouse here in a couple of weeks. They did three songs. We saw Jeremy Jordan, Eva Noblezada, and other members of the company perform Roaring On, Beautiful Little Fool, and My Green Light. You can check out the videos in the show notes, I don't want to prejudice anybody by going too far in depth on these, but I will just say everybody sounds amazing. I really enjoyed the choreography. These songs sound exactly like I thought these songs were going to sound, and that's not what I was hoping for. I was hoping to be surprised by that. I'm hoping that when I go see the very first preview, that something about putting them in the context of the show changes things. But these songs sound exactly like I thought they were going to sound. And that is not a good thing. One thing that is a good thing. We also got earlier this week, press preview performances of harmony. Uh, If you want to check that out, you've probably seen next. They've been out a little bit longer. They are fantastic. Chip Zion, Sierra Bagas, Julie Banco, all of the comedian harmonists are really great. Looks so much fun. I can't wait to check that one out. And then we've also got scenes from Pearly Victorious, which opened earlier this week to rave reviews. And then three shows actually performed on morning television on Thursday. Back to the Future was on The View. Here Lies Love was on Good Morning America. And Hadestown was on Today. We will have all of those videos in the show notes. So much stuff, Grace. Was there a reason that all the shows were on morning television this week? Was there something? Did I miss something? I mean, listen, I think that with the strike and everything, TV is sitting in a different place this week than it was last week or the past few weeks, to be frank. I'm unsure. I think that what we are seeing right now is the end of September, which is, wait for it, the beginning of October, which is leading into our fall (laughs) preview. Like this is the fall season. So everyone's back in school. Everybody's back at work. And now you are looking at the knockout drag out fight of October and November of show openings. And then that's going to lead us into the spring cavalcade of new shows as well. So we are getting in the thick of it. And I think that right now it sounds a little like sports broadcasting from us, but that's definitely what we're experiencing. So I'm really excited to see what all trickles out. Obviously, I don't like it when shows are closing because that means that jobs are lost. But I do know that everyone is fighting to get a theater and trying to get their show up. So there are more jobs coming. Um, it's it's really wild to see. But uh, yeah, I think that that's, that's what you're looking at is like, it's just like business as usual. Like we're in the fall, like we're doing it. So yeah. Yeah, lots of stuff, lots of stuff. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. You can follow me everywhere at BWW. Matt, Grace, where can people find you? You can find me at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Friday, a wonderful weekend. We'll be back to talk to you on Monday.